0: Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are.
1: We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40 something year old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease.
0: Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned
1: selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives
0: trying to fit into a box, only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life.
1: We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. I can't even
0: tell you the number of times I have told myself that I should do something or have to do something and honestly, never even stopped to ask myself, is that true? Do I really have to do this or should I do this because of somebody else saying I should or is it my personal should? I know that is something that you and I have had conversation on off the microphone, especially as newer entrepreneurs. And it's one of those areas that I think many of us struggle with.
1: For sure. I think I say should in my brain or out loud probably a 100 times a day because I yeah. should myself to death with these perceived made up expectations of myself of what I should be doing and how I should be spending my time and the best way to live life in order to be an optimal human. And this line of thought is really hard to get out of. But once you start catching yourself doing it and you realize how much you're living outside of what your body actually wants to be doing in a moment because you let your brain and these conditioned thoughts take over in telling you how you should be living your life, it's really jolting.
0: It is. and. I know for myself, because I live so much of my life dissociated and having no connection to my body, pretty much all my time was in my mind. It was just exhausting to live so much of my life, just with that memory of constantly asking myself or telling myself that I should be doing this, or I need to be doing something else. And that pressure then would creep up on me. And then it would cause me to freeze. Like my nervous system would go into this freeze state because there was so much pressure and overwhelm from me telling myself these things that then I would procrastinate. My symptoms of anxiety would just be all over the place. And the whole time I was doing this to myself. And it wasn't until maybe a couple of years ago when I worked with a coach that asked me, okay, what are... The rules that you are creating for yourself, not the rules that are actual rules, but which rules are you creating for yourself that are maybe what is keeping you stuck? And it wasn't until had her asked me that question where I was like, "Whoa, okay, Rules that I've created because of the conditioning and the disconnect from my intuition, from what my body was trying to tell me I had the energy for. and, even now, I will still pause every couple months and write down the rules that I am creating for myself that are unnecessary, because it is so much habit. Like you said, it's just, it's such a hard
1: habit to break. As entrepreneurs, I feel like we have this idea of what we should be doing in order to build a successful business. And like, there's only one correct path to follow. And Getting out of that mindset has been tricky for me. I haven't actually completely accomplished it, I don't think, but I st- am continually working on it all the time because I also worked with a business coach and she said to me, and she understood human design and knew I was a projector and she understood the Enneagram, which was great. And she said, if you can't build your business on working X number of hours a week, my goal, then You're not going to be able to ever just work X number of hours a week. And I was thinking, I have to be putting in full work days at the beginning. And she said, no, like you really need to cultivate the work-life balance you want now, even in these early stages in order to maintain it. And that was really eye-opening for me that I don't need to follow this masculine energy idea of starting a business, which is grinding and pushing and putting in maximum effort to get full return right away.
0: Yeah, I love that you had the opportunity to learn that or become aware of that right from the beginning. It's funny you mentioned what you see and envision yourself doing down the road is what you need to be doing right now is what you need to be starting with, not going off of what you're looking at on Instagram with all of the marketing coaches out there, business coaches, where especially for us as projectors, because we don't have that sustainable energy, if we're doing what they're coaching on with the cold calling, all of the marketing stuff, all of the courses that you're going to create and everything that takes so much energy and time. I mean, we're going to burn out in no time at all. But if we get clear on our rules that we want to live by, like what feels good to us, a few of the things that I wrote down initially from all of the Rules I was setting for myself was, oh, I should be showing up on Instagram every single day, or I need to be creating something evergreen because my energy is so low. Then when I looked at some of these things, I asked myself, does this feel good to me? Does this light me up? Does this make me excited? No, not at all. So, probably never going to make me excited. And, you know, that's a big part of it is just what lights you up. What's your definition of the rules that you want to live by? And it's not just in entrepreneurship, of course. It's in like relationship dynamics as well. Like when we look at our relationship saying like, oh, I should be spending more time with so-and-so. And if it's coming from a place of then making you feel shame and guilt, getting clear on why are you creating this rule when ultimately it should be something that you want to be doing. So where's that extra stress and pressure that you're putting on yourself and getting
1: clear, just really about getting clear on it. Another area that we both have experience with where there is a lot of should pressure is in the planner community oh boy. in terms of habit tracking and morning routines yeah. and goal setting. The pressure is really intense within that community to achieve all your habits and Mm -hmm. achieve all your goals. And it's all from a lens of should. I should be doing this to make myself a better person rather than just living in the moment, doing what feels good in that moment, rather than a goal you set a month, two months at the beginning of the year ago. It's really wild to think about how much we try to control and pre-plan our lives to go a certain way without knowing how our bodies and our hearts are actually going to feel in the future. Right. Exactly.
0: And I remember you and I had a conversation a couple months ago because you were trying to be less focused on habit tracking. And when we were looking at your human design chart, you have the gate 15 defined. And this gate is all about going with the flow and not stressing about routine. Like nature has ebbs and flows. That is how you are best created to interact with your environment in your daily life is having flexibility to go with the flow, having compassion for yourself when you struggle to stick to habits, because ultimately you may not be designed to be someone to stick strictly to habits. Even with another area, when we look at the centers is the will center, Someone who has a defined will center is going to have a lot more willpower than someone that has an undefined will center. So if they say they're going to do something, they are probably going to have a very easy time actually sticking to it and doing the thing. Whereas undefined will center, we even say in human design, do not make promises if you have an undefined will center. Because your willpower, your energy is going to ebb and flow. And so you may not be able to stick to your promises as easily as someone who has a defined will center. So I think that was so interesting when you and I had that conversation, though, and you were like, oh, really? Okay." because it felt like I was putting so much pressure on myself and it feels better to think of just going with the flow. So it was kind of fun to see the response that you had with that.
1: Well, it's funny because anyone listening to this who knows me personally is probably laughing because I am not known as a go-with-the-flow flexible person. Like, flexibility is not a strength of mine. And I'm sure people in my life see me as a more rigid person, which comes through in my Enneagram structure. And as a type 1, type 1s are the should kings and queens of the Enneagram because... They have very high expectations of themselves and others they see the world in an idealized way and they just see how things should be and they get very frustrated when things are not that way and it takes a lot of work to relinquish that control and understand that the world is never going to be how we think it should be and just removing those Rules I set for myself or strong habits that I tracked regularly for years, this year has made a huge difference for me in catching myself when I fall into a moment of should.
0: Mm, and I bet it also has helped you kind of tap into more of the intuitive sense of something that you're actually really wanting to do versus something that just is like, eh, might be out of obligation, that kind of thing. by shifting that mindset and your body graph has a good amount of logic in it too. And so that's kind of that part of the should that you hold on to because you see potential and patterns and things as well. But human design is meant to teach us to move into our body, to not think and create from our minds. So it's all about getting back into your body. And with you being an emotional being, having to ride the emotional waves, which is part of your intuition, it's part of the flow, that gate 15 being defined, going with the flow, which it's hard to do when you have a lot of logic, but that's where you create that harmony, that balance between the mind and the body is by weaving them together. And I think that's one of the most fun things to see when I'm looking at someone's chart is if it's someone who has a lot of logic and they just want an absolute, like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? And we don't have the answers for everything, but when they start to learn, okay, I'm gonna surrender. I'm gonna go with the flow. I'm gonna listen to that intuitive knowing whatever it might be for them. It just is so complimentary and really helps us get clear on what do we want to define as should and have to and need to, because that's all on, I think, identifying your core values to getting clear on your values. What is most important to you, not your caregivers that instilled this conditioning or belief behavior in you, But now as a sovereign human being, what values do you want to live by? And do those link up to all of the shoulds and have tos that you are telling yourself?
1: This is so fascinating. For me personally, one of the areas I've tried to work with, and it lines up exactly with what you were just saying about human design, showing us how to get more into our body is I used to have a pretty strict schedule in my mind of what workouts I should do when and what order throughout the week. And rather than planning that out so strictly, just this year, I've started just each day saying like, what do I feel like doing today? What workout does my body want to do? Not what my mind thinks is the best workout to do. I love that.
0: Oh my gosh, that, yes, I love that so much. And so how does that feel like to have that shift
1: it feels good in my body but sometimes my mind Mm -hmm. like panics a little like well you haven't done enough of this workout or it's not completely comfortable if i'm being honest mentally but my workouts always feel great physically because i'm doing Mm -hmm. what my body is craving Mm -hmm. even if my mind fights it a little bit Mm -hmm.
0: And just hearing you mention it's still difficult one thing that i think is really important is that coming to the understanding that every one of us is going to have extreme discomfort in staying where we're at or moving forward so when we look at the shoulds and if it's out of a place of lack or fear and we want to move out of that and more into that place of love that we always talk about it really comes down to, okay, do you want to stay in the discomfort, the conditioning behaviors and beliefs where you're very unhappy right now and that discomfort is boiling? Or do you want to push through a little discomfort to get to the other side and finally have relief because you are living true to yourself and you're actually doing the things that light you up, which is only going to transfer into improving other people's lives instead of doing things out of obligation then getting frustrated and resentful from it so it's kind of like we have a choice to choose what discomfort we want to stay with discomfort of obligation and being stuck or the discomfort which will eventually turn into great relief and fulfillment of shifting into more authenticity
1: And this is the perfect segue into talking about your Enneagram type, which is type nine, because a lot of the have-tos for nines is related to maintaining the peace in order to maintain their own comfort levels. And I'm talking specifically nines in the average to unhealthy range, because just hearing you talk and that awareness you have about discomfort, no matter which path you decide to take, shows how healthy of a type nine you are, because comfort is key for type nines. And so a lot of type nines can get stuck in the familiar comfort, which is peacekeeping, not rocking the boat, stifling their opinions, staying small, and they don't realize that that in and of itself. Creates a discomfort.
0: Oh my God. You just listed like all of my characteristics up until the age of 36. <laughs> and I'm 41 now. And so, yes, I've been working really hard at this for the past five years, but it's really not that long. But I lived my life just with everything you mentioned there, with not wanting to rock the boat, just people pleasing to all hell. And oh my gosh. I destroyed my nervous system doing all of that as well. And it wasn't until I was like, you know what? And again, with my conscious son of gate 28, gate of struggle, like I'm going to struggle somewhere. So I'm going to struggle forward (laughs) into a better life instead of continuing to struggle in this swamp that I made for myself where I was just being smothered. And yeah, it is not easy whatsoever. But I came to realize that I'm going to struggle somewhere. So where do I want to struggle the most? And where is that going to lead me ultimately?
1: That's amazing. I love hearing how these two systems can be used in tandem for mm. greater self-awareness, greater growth. It is so interesting and it's such a gift on a daily basis to both of us, I think. And- something really important that we love communicating through this podcast so others can learn about it. But let's talk about some ways we can release ourselves from these shoulds and the have to thinking. One thing that we talk about a lot is deconditioning ourselves from that comparison thinking or believing that there is one way to live life. Finding that authentic path for yourself and just blocking out all the other noise even from your own mind, of telling you what you should be doing or what you have to be doing in order to be a legit human is step one in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of
0: where I would link the thing I mentioned earlier about identifying your limiting beliefs and stories that you're carrying with you throughout your life. Because that was one of the first things that I did when I started my journey towards reconnecting to my true self. And then when i kind of had my list of all these stories that i created looking at them and asking yourself like okay who would i be if i didn't believe this story or if this story wasn't true who would i be what would i experience what would i be feeling and that opened up a whole nother world of possibilities to me it didn't come easy like i had to sit there and think and think and think it's not easy to all of a sudden be like, oh, all of these possibilities are coming into my mind. It really is a process. And I just allowed myself to sit just for a few minutes each day because baby steps, super important when we're making huge shifts like that, because our nervous system is going to cling to familiarity. So the smaller the steps the more open our system is going to be to accepting these changes that we're trying to make. So I would just a few minutes each day, just look at my list and try to allow myself to be open to other possibilities. And eventually it came through and I could start envisioning what I actually believed about myself and what I wanted for my life, the truth of everything.
1: Yeah. And just asking yourself, what would really make you happy? Is following a strict workout routine making you happy? The answer might be yes. Maybe it is what your body likes. Your body likes consistency, but be open to the answer possibly being no, even if it is comfortable for you. And like you said earlier, really getting clear on your own life values can make this process a little bit easier. It's not easy to get out of any kind of conditioned thinking.
0: One of my core values being freedom really helped me when I was looking at all the shoulds and have tos in my life. Because, you know, freedom for me is so many different things, whereas I want to have freedom and the flexibility of my schedule to have more easeful days. And so for shoulds was like, oh, I should be doing this, this and this every single day to work towards my goals. And maybe that is like, "Mm, no, I would like to do one big step forward towards my most important goal instead of a ton of things on a to-do list like some of us sometimes have. If it works for you, great. But I then started thinking of the 80-20 rule. I don't know if you've heard of that. I think it starts with a P, I forget the name of it, but it's 80% of your goal can be accomplished by looking at what's that one thing that you could do that really takes that big leap forward instead of taking all of the pieces that are sometimes busy work and we then lose focus on the big picture. So it's one of those things that was really helpful for me, that 80-20 rule. I'll link that in the show notes below because I think that's a great article to look at when we're trying to make more easeful days and reduce stress in general
1: and speaking of stress it's really hard to do especially as people who grew up in the united states but trying to find a way to stop associating rest and relaxation with how much you've accomplished Like so many of us think we have to accomplish X, Y, and Z before we're allowed to do something we love or before we're allowed to rest or take a nap or whatever it may be. Quality rest and nourishment leads to increased productivity. So this idea that work, work, work has to come before rest doesn't really make sense when we want to be productive because rest should come first in order to have that level of productivity we're desiring.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I've even read studies that ultimately we're only really productive for about three to four hours a day. And then after that, it's just running on fumes almost. So absolutely crucial for rest for every single one of us. Don't care if you are a manifesting generator with like a crap ton of energy, you still need rest. And when it comes to human design, manifesting generators are one of the most high energy, energy types. And they're the builders and doers of the world. But even these individuals who are meant to be super energetic and active and really create rest and Every single one of us is in need of that for sure. But it's also part of the nervous system as well. You're burning out your nervous system. If you're prioritizing busyness over just simply allowing yourself to be, we're human beings, not human doings. I think I've said that before and I love that one, but it's allowing ourselves to just be in that presence as
1: well. Exactly. Exactly forcing ourselves to do nothing occasionally, no scrolling, no movies, and just sitting with how does that feel? For most of us, it feels really uncomfortable because like you said, we feel like we should be doing all the time. We should be productive. And that is a really hard mindset to break, but it's one of the major shoulds we have in our life is thinking that we should be productive all the time. So just trying to maybe get a little more comfortable with yourself and your inherent self-worth outside of your productivity, outside of your contribution to society. Yeah, for sure. I think that's an
0: important reminder for every one of us.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode.
0: If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family.
1: We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with
0: us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd
1: love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.